Welcome to Take a Wonder with Shebs, the show that features some of the biggest travel bloggers, TV and radio personalities and journalists from all around the world. Each show aims to take my guest on a wonder and uncover topics that may not be discussed on their platforms or in the media, whether that's the state of travel blogging and journalism as it is today, or whether there's enough diversity within the industry. Perhaps what impact technology and social media have had on content creation, or in general the impact of current affairs on the industry. I also try and find out the journey behind each individual's success, as this is more important to me than the actual travel. This episode I speak to Jessica Lee about her travel coaching business, The Wonder Word, and why it was important for her to tell her story about her domestic abuse. Jess, welcome to the show. It's great to have you on. How are you and where in the world are you? Thanks, Chef, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am right outside of Boston, Massachusetts in the northeast corner of the United States. I've been looking forward to having a chat with you. We've known each other for about a year or so now and we connected through social media. For people who don't know who you are, just briefly explain a little bit about yourself. My name is Jess, founder of The Wander Word, and I'm a travel coach with the focus of really empowering people to travel authentically for themselves and also having like authentic experiences at the destinations that they travel to. I specialize in cultural immersion, um, in solo travel for women. And also I am an Italy expert. I want to ask you about how you actually fell in love with travel. So for Mm. you, where did it all begin? It all began, I think, when I was really young. I was in middle school and I started to study French and it became my favorite class. Then when I went to high school, I started to study Italian in conjunction with French. And I always felt really like shy and out of place growing up in my community. I didn't have that many friends. It got made fun of a lot. And I didn't have any passions yet until that point, until I started studying languages. And I just felt like I could really identify with speaking different languages because it was kind of like, a, you know, if you have more than one language, it's like having more than one soul, right? I think Charlemagne said that. So it was kind of like a way for me to play around with my identity a little bit and discover myself. Um, and because of that, I ended up going on two exchange programs when I was in college. And I had never done any clubs or sports or anything ever. I had never really been away from my parents except camp a couple of times. And so I did these exchange programs first in Paris and then in Florence for six weeks and stayed with families. It totally shifted my mindset and the way that I viewed the world and also myself. And I just became almost obsessed with being able to go to other countries and, and developing my identity in other languages. So really for me, travel started with languages. Taglines I've noticed with you is you like to travel solo. So, did you start traveling on your own first, or did you start traveling with family, friends, and then move on to solo traveling? Really, I think that I can say the first big travel experience that I had with the exchange program. So, that was with like really structured with school. And then the next big experience I had after that was studying abroad. So, I do kind of like to call that solo travel because I was just living on my own at age 18, 19. And going to school in Florence, Italy, and kind of like reconnecting with my friends group from the exchange program. So that really was my first kind of big trip outside of exchange programs and going with friends. I did go to visit with friends Europe a couple of times as well. Um, But I would say that mostly I feel like my deeper travel was solo travel for the most part. I want to come on to the Wonder Word itself. Now, tell us what it stands for and how did it all begin? The wander word for me, the name in and of itself, 
it represents like giving your spirit the freedom to discover destination unscripted, right? Like wandering does kind of mean being a little bit of a vagabond and like moving about without really any set schedule, but with the intention of discovering where you are and discovering yourself. And the word is like how I will deliver that to people with my words, with my writings, with, you know, coaching people. And the intention that I really had initially with the wander word was that as a public school teacher, I was feeling really closed in by the four walls of my classroom. And I did, you know, exchange programs with my students and trips and cultural fair and all a lot of different things. But I really felt like I, I needed for myself to dive into the passion even more. Um, but I didn't really know what that was going to look like. So oddly enough, during the pandemic, actually, is when I officially sat down, gave it a name, started a website and just started really sharing my passion with other people online. And, you know, that's like kind of how I met you as well. Um, and now the wonder word is kind of like turning into a travel coaching situation in which I'm really working one-on-one -on -one with clients to help them travel authentically for themselves first, but also in their destinations. How have you managed so far actually to juggle both teaching and I guess your, essentially your coaching service at the moment? With extreme difficulty, but with a lot of like planning. So mm -hmm. when I think when we have less time, like when we're more busy, it's even more important to actually really write down things like in a schedule. So every single thing that I do now, even like going out to lunch with friends or anything at all, it goes in the calendar. And then I kind of like review my week and make sure that I can really have time to dedicate to my business. Otherwise, you know, you kind of lose that momentum um, and it can be really frustrating. So I think the, the hardest thing was making the transition from being teaching at home to teaching in person. And a lot of lesson lear lessons learned about time management, which I think is important for everybody because it's just like a huge stress reduction when you can actually do that. Um, so from 7.45 to 2.30, I'm a teacher. And then from like 3 p.m. until, you know, whenever my calls end or whatever my work ends, I'm just at the Wonder Word. That's actually really, really good, good times, I think, because you've got mm -hmm. the rest of the day to do yeah. your other stuff because absolutely i guess if someone who's working in an office and it's nine to five or yeah. ten to six or whatever mm -hmm. i guess sometimes when you think oh actually you've only got the evening to do and it's quite late and stuff but your timing is actually pretty good you can just dedicate your time to to your the wonder word and i actually want to know challenges you faced mm. begin I, I guess at the start how difficult was it for you getting clients on board and for them to trust you? I think the biggest challenge was that I, ha I had no background in any type of business models or streamlining or anything like that. So when you start something new, you really have to educate yourself. And as a teacher, I, I feel like I was really aware of that. So I signed up for every course, every training, every like webinar, everything like that, so that I could really understand how I can really deliver my true authentic self to people so that they will connect with me in that way, right? Because anyone can sell any product or anyone, anyone can push anything out on the internet for other people to see. Anyone can amass followers and all that. But I think it's really about just being yourself. So it was a journey of educating myself on the business side of things that really like, you know, 
kind of science brain, which I actually really don't have. Like I operate out of passion. I operate, operate out of passion and authenticity and creativity and connection with other humans. That's like my jam. So I think it was just about creating that balance in between business, marketing, time management, and, you know, circling that around my passions and circling that around finding and connecting with the right people. Um, so yeah, and it was difficult to get clients in the beginning, I think, just because, like you said, people have to trust you, right? Um, and that can take time, right? It takes time for people to trust you, and, and that's okay. The field itself, how competitive is it? How many other coaches do you think mm. are out there doing the exact same thing? And I guess, what makes you unique and different from the others? I think right now, the world the word travel coach is becoming a buzzword. So mm. if you looked up the word travel coach or the phrase travel coach, like five years ago, there was nothing. So I think the fun and exciting thing about it is that it is a new profession. It's a new thing that's coming out and really being established right now. So it's also fun because you can really play around with it and experiment and like bend the definition of what it means to you because it's not as diffused as somebody like a travel agent or something like that. Um, and I think what makes me unique is my ability to really understand other people. Um, as a teacher, I've spent the last like 12 years connecting with my students and being able to understand what they need inside of my classroom, even without them telling me because you know, teenagers, how they are, like they don't even know how to express themselves in their own language forget about me trying to teach them Italian, right? So I think what makes me unique is the fact that I can really connect with people and understand their specific needs and also like really ask them the right questions to get them to propel themselves into the thought process of stretching their comfort zone through travel and really like connecting with their authenticity more and more through travel. Tell us a little bit about exactly what the course entails. How would you start off the course and the time span in terms of how long you give your students, what we're looking mm -hmm. at in terms of what they can expect? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I have a couple of different programs. The first kind of way that I connect with my clients is on a call kind of like this, like really getting to know each other and asking them those deep questions of their why. That is the most important thing for me when I travel and for my clients, to, for them to understand why do you want to travel? And why do you want to travel to this specific destination? Um, so usually we give a timeline of digging deep and travel planning either together or me on my own. About like four months is usually what I give because I think it's it takes time to really like dig deep with somebody else. For me and myself, I can travel plan really quickly, but it's important to understand the client's why for me is the number one thing. And to also understand that personality. So when we're selecting, you know, where they're going to stay, what they're actually going to do when they're there, it actually vibes with their personality in a way that they can feel comfortable to stretch their wings a little bit more. Right. Um, and then I also have the solo traveler system that is also a three or four month, um, really high touch coaching program. That is a, a actual like start to finish program. That's also four months. And in that program, we do like a lot of calls. We do a lot more calls. It has an online like kind of course component as well. Um, and the my favorite thing about it is that I connect with my clients while they're traveling too. What's your main selling point? My main selling point, I think 
again, would be the like connection to the self. I think that after, especially the pandemic, um, and like you and I saw exploring our own selves and seeing like, what is my real passion and how can I use that, harness that energy and push it out into the world to actually help other people. Right. So for me, that is the number one selling point is making sure that you're using travel to connect with yourself, have those experiences and to be able to enrich your life through travel so that you're not just going on, you know, like a cruise or a tour or whatever and coming back home and okay, it's over now, but like actually bringing back those experiences into your daily life and learning to weave that knowledge that you gained while traveling into your daily life. Something specific I want to ask you. So what makes you different to, I guess, a travel agent? I actually talked about this the other day on my story. So travel <laughs> agents are people who don't necessarily right? And every agency and every travel agent is different, but generally speaking, travel agents don't connect on a deep level with their clients. So sure, they will need to know your dates and your budget and maybe your preferences or your food allergies and like stuff like that. But they're not really there to get to know you deeply so that they can help actually coach you through the process, right? So usually travel agents will typically have like two calls, one in the beginning and one more towards departure when everything's finalized. Um, and travel agents, they also can be limited to the platforms that they use, right? It's a company. It's a company that can also have like, um, you know, pyramid situations, um, through commission. So travel agents are usually commission based as well. I think a travel coach is better than a travel agent because I'm connecting with the clients. Travel coaches connect with the clients more, get to know them, get to know their personalities, get to know their why for travel and really weaving all of that into the itinerary and into the choices and into the options. And also for me personally, as a travel coach, I also use a lot of life coaching. Um, as well to kind of guide clients to shifting their perspective to stretch their comfort zone for me is another really really important thing what are we looking at in terms of how competitive you are to other travel coaches and when they when they when you're planning for your clients yeah so i have a couple of different packages and then i have a course and also the solo traveler system um so it really ranges i do consultations so those are $100 for hour consultation. And then my packages range from $4.99 to $14.99. Um, and then I also have a course beyond the bucket list, which teaches you how to actually architect your own culturally immersive trip. That is $2.99. Um, and then the solo traveler system is $3,000. So it's a really big range. And I did that on purpose because I want to be able to help people from different, you know, economic backgrounds and different like social statuses, different situations. What are we talking about in terms of your target audience? My target audience is really people who either have never traveled internationally before, or maybe they traveled on some type of really structured, fast pace superficial tour. So those are kind of the people that I look for because I like to call them travel curious, right? Like they know they want to travel. They know they want to like play around more with it, but they're kind of nervous because it does involve, you know, a, like to really 
do a trip that's going to do justice. It involves a lot. There's a lot of steps to the process. And so that can feel very overwhelming. So those are the type of people that I help people who have taken maybe like I helped somebody who only took like a European cruise and they loved it because they got to see, you know, what they were interested in to be able to go back later. But then at the same time, they also didn't like it because they felt like it was really superficial and they didn't really get to immerse themselves in the culture. And also for people who are looking to shake up their life a little bit, people who might just have like a job that's not really that creative somebody who doesn't have a lot of people in their life who travel a lot and is kind of missing that in their life. And they know that it's something that they need, but because they don't have a model, right? They don't have anyone in their network that is doing that. They don't really know how to start. So that's mostly the type of people that I aim to serve and that I have been serving. Of course, the business is quite new as it is at the moment yeah have you retained any clients so far so i think it really depends on where people start but first i also do um language tutoring so one-on-one and i have i have two clients that i've had for years so they even were before the wonder word um and i love them so much we meet every week it's like it's like church it's like you know it's like mass like they never miss And um, so that is something that shows me a lot of value also about myself, because I think sometimes as business owners, it can be tough, right? You kind of have to psych yourself into believing in yourself more and more as time goes on and all the challenges that you face. So those are like my OG clients, like my homies, you know what I mean? And I've been working with one of them for seven years and another one for about three or four years. Um, So that's been really fun to like see their language journey and their progress. Um, And yeah, so my goal usually is to retain people up until the point that they don't need me anymore. And that looks different for everybody. So I don't want someone to feel like they need me as a travel coach for like 10 years or for five years. Like I want them to feel empowered to start to take those trips on their own. So for travel coaching clients, they, they go through the cycle however they need to. Some people, they start off with a consultation. And they really love that. And they go on their trip and then they want to try out the solo traveler system. Um, And I have the majority of of my clients right now are travel planning. So we'll go together through a few months process, send them on their merry way to their trip. And then we debrief after, and then they get to decide if they want to, you know, continue or not, or if they feel like they've received, you know, their saturation of, you know, teaching and coaching for me. So I know that's kind of like a non-answer, but I think it really depends on the person 100%. Your intentions, I guess, for the future of the Wonder Word, what's what's it looking like for you? I guess, what's your ultimate goal? There's so many, so I'll try to <laughs> keep it brief. Um, so one goal that I have is to actually leave teaching and to have the Wonder Word be my full-time situation. So that's where we're kind of headed right now. Um, and I really would love to get into public speaking through the lens of empowerment via travel, empowerment via solo travel. I really like speaking to groups. And I think as a teacher, that's a skill I've been able to actually develop over the past decade. So it's something really important to me to have an impact on people, um, even even just one. But, you know, you're all once you do it, once you kind of are chasing the dragon, you know what I mean? Um, So definitely more public speaking, um, more travel writing. I know we were talking about that earlier. I really want to spread my wings a little bit and get into travel writing. Um, And also just create like a lot more programs and mini courses. 
um, for people to be able to access it, to really have more of like an economic range for, to be more accessible to more people. Um, and so that's just kind of a couple of things that come to mind. It would be very brave and very courageous to leave a full-time job, which yeah. you know is paying pretty well, but it's making sure when you do leave a position that is paying you well, and it is very secure that you've left knowing that you're never going to go back for me i think the main thing is to really believe in yourself because if you're going mm. to be leaving a secure position and you have your mind filled with doubts i truly believe that the energy that you put out comes back to you so you really need to operate with the lens of positivity faith in yourself trust in yourself um and really hone in on that because if you don't have that at the core Mm, the other things, they're not going to stay together, right? Um, so I truly believe that. And I do have the goal of of not going back to teaching. Um, I've been a teacher, like I said, for 10 years. And there's just a lot of different reasons um, why I don't buy into the public school model um, in the United States anymore. Um, and I think that you need to educate yourself. You need to educate yourself on what you're going to do. You can't just um, quit your job and then start to educate yourself after you need to do things mm -hmm. before. So for me personally, um, let's say for example, I left now, right now today. Um, I've already been educating myself for almost two years. I've already been pondering leaving for four or five years. So I think that, you know, you need to make sure that you have a clear path outlined for yourself before you make the cut. Hundred <laughs> percent. I think that's something that a lot of people get wrong. That's why I was trying to get mm. your opinion on making sure that when you do make that leap, you've you've done it knowing that okay, I won't have to rely on going back to another job right. because this is this is it now. Now, how important has social media been for your business? Is that where you've got most of your clients through or is it through another avenue? I've got a couple of clients through um, Instagram and my Facebook page. I like to see those as like the commercial, okay. right? It's like, here's the commercial, like here's how you can get to know me. Here's how you can get to know my personality. And if you like the vibe and if you feel like we can vibe together. Not the main tool then that you use to promote and get clients then. I've actually had a lot of success with word of mouth. So people okay. recommending me, um, I think that it kind of lessens the need for the extended trust building period um, when somebody can refer someone to you. So I've been referred through my current clients, through friends and family, through like um, through Facebook groups, comments and, and things like that. So that's another way that I, I uh, that's, that's Facebook was mostly the way that I have gotten most of my travel planning clients. Um, and then my language students, um, that's a lot of, you know, me connecting with people in my community, word of mouth again, I think is a huge one. We were talking about that earlier. Um, so I think you really got to make sure that you don't have all of your eggs in, in one basket. You want to develop everything. And I'm doing a huge website revamp. I think mm -hmm. that there's so much power in SEO. In search engine optimization. Um, so that's kind of also something that I'm working on next too. 
I want to move it on to something else. I want to wish you the best of luck with the Wonder Word. We'll have to get you back on and discuss how it's going. But I want to ask you, I want to ask you about, I guess, you as an individual and what you're like. You've go on Instagram live quite a bit and I've I've noticed you talk a lot about your past life and you've spoken specifically about how when you were married which might people might not know when you were married you felt as though you were strained into the relationship and you couldn't potentially travel at the time so why was that important for you to tell that story so important so important um so I got married when I was really young I was mm. 23. I got married in Tunisia to a Tunisian man. And so I had a Tunisian wedding with henna and the tarpuka drums and like all of that in, in, in the very tippity top of the Sahara Desert. Um, and it was, a you know, I mean, looking back, it was a really cool cultural experience. But um, then my ex-husband ended up coming to the United States, which was, you know, contrary to what a lot of people thought, really mm. not what he wanted to do. He did not want to come here. He had a really comfortable and secure life in Tunisia. He had a really good job as a nurse. Just interject, how did you how did you both meet then? Online. We met online oh, okay. totally randomly. Um, at that time, I was studying abroad in Italy and he was living in Tunisia and they used to have a dictator, Ben Ali. And at that time, um, well, right before that, like a bunch of websites and news outlets were blocked in Tunisia like YouTube, Facebook was blocked and Facebook became unblocked like that year or the year before. I don't really remember the details, but so because of that, a lot of Tunisians started to use Facebook as a way to connect with the outside world because they literally were closed in at that time due to the dictatorship and the really like limited international media that was coming into the country. So initially we had uh, several years long, just friendship on Facebook and I always wanted to travel a lot anyway. And so I just ended up going over there and then it kind of grew from that you have spoken about it a lot in your on your platform but why did you feel as though you wanted to is it to, i guess empower other women is that your was that the reason why you started telling your story yes i think it's so important um so you know a- after he came here that kind of was when things shifted because i think you know being an immigrant is one of you know top three biggest struggles that a person could ever have i think i mean it's it's so difficult for anybody to move to another country um, and not giving him any excuse for his behavior. But that's when things started to go really badly. And because I think at the time when I did get married, I had really low self-esteem, non-existent self-love, um, had been suffering with depression, not taking care of myself at all, um, spiritually, mentally, even physically. So I think when that happens, especially to young women, Um, I mean, anybody who's young, who has that same situation, it can open you up to abusive, manipulative relationships. And that's what happened to me. Um, I attached my self-worth to another person and to other people all the time. I didn't know how to have self-worth and I actually needed other people to make me feel worthy. I opened myself up into a relationship that was abusive. Um, so this relationship was physically abusive, financially abusive, mentally abusive, um, tons of manipulation. And I really, um, suffered even more as far as self-esteem, depression, um, et cetera. And I think that, um, and, and during the whole time I didn't travel at all because I wasn't, able to because of financial reasons and also mm-hmm. because my ex did not want me to do so. I've told this story a lot and I think it's important because um, 
for first and foremost, for women or, or men, anybody who's going through the same or similar situation, um, because you need that validation. Right. And I think that sometimes domestic violence can be this taboo topic. It's so depressing and it's so sad and I don't want to hear about this. And so there's not that many opportunities um, to hear these stories unless you really, really seek them out. And also, um, you know, I tell this story for anyone who, who listens to let them know that you can get out of it first and foremost. And then almost like almost just as important, you will heal like you will be able to heal from it. You will be able to take that experience and that struggle and transform it into something great for yourself. Potentially, there's a book there for you to write? I think so. Um, absolutely. I, I journaled a lot mm -hmm. during that experience while it was happening to me, while I was getting out of it, after it was over, after I felt like I had healed properly. Um, and I think that there is a, a need to saturate that market a little bit more um, so that people have access to more mirrors for themselves. But yeah, I think that it would be an important thing to do to be able to actually write about this experience in its entirety, for sure. I agree. It's very brave to sort of tell people this, the story and be very open, but it will help others who are listening and i was pondering whether to ask you this question for the show i didn't want to go down this road, but i think it was important for people to know what you were like obviously you've got the the business itself but the person behind i, I think makes the business what it is so thank you for for telling the story i'll ask you a couple more of the questions slightly more light-hearted what's your guilty pleasure my guilty pleasure <laughs> is watching trash reality TV. And I know that that's like not really an exciting one maybe, but it's definitely something that hey, I'm you surprised. Have, you have I'm, to have something, like, right? You have something. Any hobbies that you sort of have along the side? I really like all music. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like sometimes I'm, I want to call myself like an international music curator because <laughs> my... Uh, music is crazy it's like schizophrenic like multiple personalities in there um i spent a lot of time listening to music a lot recent hobby i don't i mean i don't know if it's really hobby but i've really connected a lot to doing yoga um since last year and now i feel like i can't even get through the day without doing it um so that's another really good mindfulness tool i think uh to use and i also really love to dance i love dancing you dance but also the the language as well that's another i guess obviously you do yeah. it profession professionally but the language yeah. how did that all begin then the, the the learning the different language what what sort of intrigued you yeah i mean you know it's i was just so young and it was just something that um really made me feel human and whole and like mm because I felt kind of like a loser, you know, growing up, it was something that made me feel like cool and like connected to the world because I was always by myself in my room. Like, and so I think that languages really filled my cup up a lot. And then I think too, that like, I think about this a lot. I think about this all the time, how humans on this earth were all given the same like capacities, right? Just our brains and our bodies and everything but that even in isolation across the globe and even in, you know way back when where different 
communities of humans weren't connected yet because they didn't know how to travel and they were a little bit, you know, they just weren't going as far. But yet we still developed systems of language. Like we still realized that we needed to be able to communicate in a, in a deeper way than just making noises and like pointing at stuff in the woods or whatever. So that is always something that has really fascinated me that there's 7,000 languages um, in the world and that they're all, they're, the variations are due to geography and climate and, you know, that, that the reason why we all think so differently is intrinsically connected to the language that we grew up speaking and the languages that we learn or, you know, that we, there's so many people in the world that just grew up bilingual or multilingual. So it's just something that really like, I just nerd out about it all the time and I just get, I geek out about it and um, I just think it's so amazing. Everyone listening in can definitely say, and I can definitely say, you're not a loser. You're pretty much a, <laughs> you're pretty much a winner. <laughs> Jess, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Before I let you go, tell everybody where they can find you. Thanks for having me, Shebs. It's, it's been awesome. I know we've been chatting on Instagram, Clubhouse, and just to have like this time to connect and, and talk has been really awesome. I'm sure it won't be the last time. I'm sure I'll meet you somewhere in the world at some point. Yes, I'm sure. Um, it's too, <laughs> yeah. This world's too small. Yeah, it is. You're right. Um, yeah, but you can find me on Instagram at The Wander Word, Facebook as well, The Wander Word, and my website, thewanderword.com. And stay tuned because it's going to completely change really soon. And I'm, I'm so excited. I'm going to have a big like relaunch. So that's where you can find me. Well, Jess, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And we'll speak very soon. Okay, thanks. Take care. That's it for Take a Wonder with Shebs. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Until next time. Bye for now.